Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 60 Rock, Folio, and Penny Loafers. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Elizabeth and Michael Horsley's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial Dungeons and Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I'm joined uh, by my first two guests that I've ever had on the show, but before we get to them, I want to make sure I shout out our first ever sponsor that we've had on this podcast, Plus One EXP, Plus One Experience. If you remember my episode with Tony Vicenda, this is a beard balm and RPG tabletop content creator extravaganza of a website. So if you are of the beard growing persuasion and you need a beard balm or oil for your face, you can get one from Plus One EXP. They come in all of the basic Dungeons and Dragons stats. So strength, dexterity, constitution, charisma, etc. They're all there, as well as links to some of the independent RPG games that Tony's developed, like uh, Beards and Beyond, which is the beard-themed RPG game. Uh, we've got Repugnant. We've got I Toaster, which is a brave little toaster-themed one. And of course, Tony's always working on various other RPG products. He's hosting interviews and live actual plays. All this sort of fun stuff, which you can check out on the website. And then, of course, every dollar that you spend with Plus One EXP, a portion of that goes into the Plus One Forward program. So Tony's helping to reinvest and support other independent tabletop content creators. So go to the website, plusonexp.com. And if you go there in the store and see that affiliate code discount box, go ahead and type in Randolph. You can save some money on your purchase uh, by using my affiliate code. So plusonexp.com. Cool. Now that that's out of the way. Yes, my first ever guest from the podcast. It's a blast from the past. Hello. How are you all doing today? Hey, Kurt. We're glad to be back. I'm waking, working on waking up. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah, so since the pair of y'all, obviously, uh, you know, was able to snag you both, so that was nice. But since y'all have already been through this rodeo one time before, we certainly don't have to hash old ground. But I would like to ask, how have you been since the last time we spoke? I remember we interviewed uh, in February of 2020, so well before all this pandemic business had begun and Baby Boy had appeared. How have you been? 
Yeah, we've been doing well, hold up in the homestead, trying to stay connected with those we've played with before through online adventures and experimenting in some digital tabletop technologies, Uh, but looking forward to hopefully getting back soon and playing out the big battle of our Vox Arto campaign. My prepper tendencies came in very handy, and I was very pleased with myself on that front. We never ran out of toilet paper. Awesome. I'm investigating a particular digital tabletop uh, service right now, and after the one shot I run on it, hopefully that will convince me of the ease and we'll finally get to have this climactic battle of armies in front of the castle, which I know I alluded to in my interview when I was on Roll for Persuasion. The eternal struggle of Dungeons & Dragons is just trying to get your group together to play. Mm Mm-hmm. This is sidekicks and side quests after all. So are there any new sidekicks or NPCs that you've come across out there in the wild, wild world? And uh, would you like to maybe share one with us? Well, since I knew you were going to ask that question, we've been watching through Stargate SG-1 recently, and I was thinking about all of the side quests that are put in place because of recurring characters. We have, like, Master Braytac came to mind for me, and he's a mentor character to one of the main characters, Teal'c. And so I'm thinking about NPCs, but also as an important part of a character's backstory, not just someone randomly you come across. And so does this particular sidekick NPC, as it were, provide some interesting side quests for Stargate SG-1? Yeah, so every so often he shows up and says something is going on in the universe. And there's a couple of other similar characters that do that. They show up and say something's going on in the universe, and that's the start of the episode. Okay. I was also thinking that the idea of having a portal to go all over the universe and having a semi-military organization that uses it could be a fun impetus for a RPG game. So there's that too. And Mr. Michael, are there any other interesting sidekicks, NPCs, and side quests that you've come across in your time since we last interviewed? Yeah, so not a whole lot on the front of games, but we also have been watching a lot of TV. And uh, one of the shows that we're watching that just came back on the air, uh, so to speak, if you can consider digital platforms on the air, uh, is Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, which takes place in an animated version of the Star Trek universe uh, created by a fan of Star Trek, someone who wrote uh, a Twitter handle um, where he would come up with plots for a not-to-exist eighth season of Star Trek The Next Generation. And in this series, it kind of flips the normal narrative on its head, which is usually the bridge crew, um, you know, the captain and the security officer and so on and so forth, uh, or uh, space station officer, usually the top, you know, the highest ranking officers. And even Stargate does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this series flips that on its head and, and talks about the people on the ship who are not in charge and the crazy antics they get involved in, which strangely makes the bridge crew the sidekicks. Um, there is an episode we just watched this past week. Hopefully, uh, spoiler alert, uh, sound the alarm. Um, hopefully, the, the delay between this and going live is not too bad. Uh, one of the characters is on a ship um, with Captain Riker, who, if you are familiar with Star Trek, was Captain Picard's first officer. After the last movie he was in, got his own ship. This series takes off after that. Um, and so now this 
character um, Ensign Boimler, I guess now Lieutenant Junior Grade Boimler, is going on an adventure with the bridge crew of this ship, the Titan. Um, And they are very much the, yeah, bro, we're going to fight and this is awesome. Jump into the fight. Jump into the fight and, and, you know, use our fists, but, you know, before we use our brains. Um, And I think there was a comment they had of, I I don't know how Captain Riker survived on the Enterprise. It was always daycares and peace conferences and um, string quartets. (laughs) <laughs> which has been you know in the jj abrams verse and some of the shows put together by alex kurtman who was one of the writers on the reboot movies um, has been the showrunner for a lot of the new star trek which is a lot more actiony serialized adventures and uh, there's a clash between the old fans and the new fans between what's better so this episode kind of talks about that anyways the bridge crew of this ship the titan end up being the side characters to this adventure so long way to say that's kind of the the interesting story and the, the main ship the cerritos also has the same kind of antics going on where the bridge crew is almost the sidekicks in some of like the a and b plots that they do i'm flashing back in our friend group memory because uh there was a time where before uh, elizabeth wanted to run her own D campaign set in rosevale which r.i.p to that idea is still a strong idea i know with strixhaven coming out as a D setting maybe perhaps we'll get to revisit that idea maybe with most of the legwork already done but Elizabeth did want to run like a Star Trek RPG for our group. And my character idea totally would have fit in with the lower deck crew. And so yeah. I just, mm-hmm. that kind of makes me smile. And it actually makes a non Trekker like me interested in watching a show like Star Trek The Lower Decks. Yeah, I think you should um, get some royalties for coming up with that idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've seen in other. I watch mostly sci-fi shows, but I've seen in other shows where they follow side characters instead of the main characters as a foil to the main characters, and they'll just have an episode of that. And actually, Lower Decks was based on an episode like that in TNG, so that would be a really good way to build up your lower level characters is that there's just this bigger plot going on. I think I've heard Matt Colville talk about this too. There's this bigger plot going on in the world, but you're characters are just looking at this small little part of it especially when they're lower level they just can't fight the big dragon they're fighting a minion or something and then um i guess to help round out this uh personal interview section once again uh any new hobbies or anything new that uh that's come into your life that you just uh want to gush about that you've uh, been able to do since we last spoke i have started my theology degree since we last spoke yeah Which is a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I sit there in class and I get really excited and then I have to go home and do the work, (laughs) which is how class should be. And it's just really interesting to think about how all these things work. Going back to Stargate, the main bad guy is, at first, is they're pretending to be all of these ancient gods. And um, it's interesting to see that God is not a very powerful being. He is being. And so all of these powerful beings that are pretending to be gods they're not who god is so there's your theology tidbit for today and not as exciting i've leveled up in small engine repair i replaced the carburetor on our lawnmower and saved us having to get a new lawnmower so that's awesome very homeowner (laughs) all right well without further ado let's go ahead 
and head into some NPC creation. Well, we're here at NPC creation part. Both of my guests here have made it through this process, but in different methods. And so uh, Miss Elizabeth, you know, had a character in mind already. She unveiled all the different aspects of the character, whereas Mr. Michael rolled randomly. And so before we started recording, it was decided that both Elizabeth and Michael were going to be rolling randomly today for their characters. Is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. So we don't even know what's going to happen. Perfect. We love that chaotic randomness. Do you already have an idea if your characters have some sort of pre-existing relationship, or are we going to organically discover that as well uh, in this randomization process? I have no idea what we're going to roll, so I'm guessing we will discover this. That sounds good. All right, perfect. Well, if you've got all the clicky-clacky dice on hand, each of you get to roll a d20. Okay. Okay. My d20 roll was a 15. And I have a natural 20. Okay, interesting. Okay, so Elizabeth got a 15, and this name was submitted by previous guest Brian Rose. Rock, R-O-C-K, Rock. And then for the natural 20 by Mr. Michael, Folio, F-O-L-I-O, Folio. I am Rock. I'm, I'm a Folio. <laughs> okay. And now you get to each roll 2d10s for the d100 effect. Let's figure out what your ancestry is. I got a 64. 64. That's a, is a 70. Death lock. Is a what? A death lock? You're going to have to explain what that is to me. Death lock like the band from the TV show on Adult Swim? <laughs> no, that's death clock. Not oh, quite. Okay. Let's see. I'm uh, copying and pasting this into the chat. Okay, 70 is a uh, Vidalcan. You're going to have to explain that one too. Yeah, I heard Vulcan, but I know that's just my Star Trek brain. <laughs> Vidalcans think they come from the like Magic the Gathering Ravnica book. Ooh, yours has a glowy hand, like a force extension. Yes. So I have an Archfey patron. Oh, is that what it says Deathlocks have? It says they can have an Archfey patron. Elizabeth, you were suggesting that perhaps your relationship between Rock and Folio might be that you're unwitting allies, strange bedfellows. Is that what you're perhaps thinking? That we've come together to fight a bigger enemy. Okay. All right. So the next thing uh, we have to figure out about Rock and Folio is what are their jobs or roles in society? So each of these is going to be a D10 role. Folio has an eight. Uh, Rock has a three. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Folio with an eight, this answer provided by previous guest Carla Romero is a minter. So someone who makes coinage, makes money. And then for a three for Rock, this answer provided by previous guest Andrew Strother, cobbler. So Rock is a cobbler of shoes. And uh, Folio is a minter of coins, but yet they find themselves allied in a common goal against a common enemy. I wonder what could have drawn them together. Maybe there's somebody going against the shoe business. Maybe there's a threat to the tradesmen in our town. Mm. Or maybe there's a mystery shoes. of pennies and shoes. Penny shoes. Penny shoes. Penny loafers. There we go. We got it. Penny loafers. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. <laughs> no, it is the penny loafer mystery now. Okay, interesting. 
what's the age range of the character? That's going to be a D8. This one. Six. Elder. And Folio is an eight. Immortal. Immortal. Ooh. Interesting that uh, the Vidalkin is somehow as immortality. Well, nothing's ever perfect, so there's always room to improve. So why would you end your time if you haven't finished perfection? And then, of course, we have Rock the Deathlock. That's a uh, Elder. So certainly has been a Deathlock for a while, probably, it seems. So now that we've had an opportunity to roll some dice, you know this part. Now we have to describe the physical appearance of each of these characters of Rock and Folio. Well, Rock has the whole skeleton thingy going on. <laughs> I imagine he has long, flowy blue robes uh, that... I'm going between, like, they look kind of worn. Maybe they look very, very old, but they've been well patched and taken care of. Um, So he just has this kind of ancient look to his clothes. He likes his clothes. Doesn't want to have to get new ones and get used to new clothes. Folio, on the other hand, works in the finance industry, right, as a coin minter. Working with some very, shall we say, stingy and um, up-nosed people. As a result of that, uh, Folio must be, you know, wearing pressed and proper, uh, you know, very sharp looking for the time. I don't know if it's a suit or maybe some kind of, you know, local equivalent thereof. But it's, you know, for someone of his age, you wouldn't be able to tell. With uh, Rock in particular. I would have very nice boots. Very very nice Oh, right. Of course, because you're a cobbler. So I was going to say, is he adorned with like a a work apron or something like that and he's ready to like repair shoes at a moment's notice or something my understanding is that it's not a very dirty kind of job so no apron but he has a lot of tools hanging off of his belt what's three adjectives to describe him uh one adjective would be ancient just looks like he came from a different time okay smooth yours is smooth okay yeah okay you, you pick your own adjectives. <laughs> um, imposing. He's very tall. Okay. And you have this sense of evil about him. Mm. Like, you think he's up to something, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Suspicious? Maybe suspicious. And then Folio would be observant and clean for a minter. Okay. So we have smooth, observant clean and then we have ancient suspicious and what was that third one imposing imposing there we go okay and i'll add clean but but not too clean (laughs) ah because nothing's perfect now we have to determine what's a valuable item a piece of lore a secret or an ideal or concept that the character ascribes to you can roll them each one at a time uh, or roll them together but we got to roll a d4 and we got to roll a d6 I got a 2 on the d4 and a 5 on the d6. Okay, so Rock has a bit of lore, and uh, number 5 would be he knows the best hunting spots for deer. Gotta get that leather for the shoes. There you go. That's what I was thinking as well. Folio has a 4 on, on the, the d4. d4 and a 1 on the d1 or d6. Okay. Uh, So this is an ideal or concept, and one on the D6, this answer was provided by previous guest Justin K. Self-betterment, which I think fits into the whole mode of a Vidalkin. That's very apt. Yes, very apt. 
And then let's see, based on the interesting nature contrast of the two characters, do you want to roll randomly for a side quest or are you've already got some ideas? I think Elizabeth has some ideas on there, this front. There was a great penny loafer mystery. Okay, so you want to build more on this. Do penny loafers have anything to do with pennies though? You stick pennies in them, I know. Oh, okay. I don't know if pennies come preloaded with the shoes, but I do know that, yeah, you stick pennies in penny loafers, and that's how they get their name. I can see here behind the scenes that uh, Michael is probably pulling up some sort of Wikipedia article to read about the etymology and origins on penny loafers. That would be correct. Today's answer is provided by blog.shush.com. Co.uk. Fitting coming from the UK. And what did we learn, Elizabeth? They're light slip on shoes worn by Norwegian farmers. Strap on penny. Julia. Why are they called penny loafers? <laughs> I feel like they were a popular shoe back in the 1950s here in the They United had States. a small slit that was the perfect size to hold a coin. Back in the days when using payphones was the norm, many young men and women would keep money in their shoes in case they needed to make an emergency call. It's basically a wallet. Ah, shoe wallets. Okay. So we have shoes that can hold coins, and that's why we're both interested. But (laughs) I don't know what's going on with the penny loafers. Is it a business relationship between the two of your characters? Obviously, Rock is a cobbler. And Folio is a mentor. Is there some sort of uh, business relationship that's been worked out, like a marketing scheme or something? Oh, maybe it is just marketing that we have these new shoes that we have collaborated on together that can be used as it has the perfect size to fit your coins in. And we want everybody to start wearing these shoes and we want them to become popular. So Mm. your job would be to go out and convince people to wear these shoes. Interesting. Okay. We've done the R&D. We just need some marketers. <laughs> this is always a fun little side quest. This imposing, evil-looking guy that's like, I make shoes. And then it's like, well, I saw a business opportunity here to get coins to put in the shoes. and But now we just need to convince the peasants that these are the way to go. These are the shoes that they want. Maybe they're also secretly evil shoes? Are they evil shoes, Folio, or are they not evil? Um, Folio doesn't know about this subplot that's developing. Oh, okay. The coins minted by... um, Are they like special coins? Are they like special edition? No, they they are... I'm assuming there's some ruling class. um, Maybe a king or a queen of some sort, right? And these coins are minted in their image, which are under the authority given to Folio by the ruling party. So in a sense, they are honorable. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen when we mix these coins with these evil shoes. So a business relationship between the two, but Rock really has secret ulterior motives, I guess, for mass producing these shoes and trying to get them to catch on. Yes. Interesting. And this serves his patron, his master, somehow, if everyone is wearing these uh, penny loafers. Yeah, I haven't figured out that part. Well, we can leave it up to anyone who decides to adopt Rock and Folio in their game. They might come up with something very interesting and zany and unique. Okay, so we have the quest picked out. We need you, the heroes, to go around the town and market these shoes so that people will contact Rock and Folio and want to buy them. So what is going to be the reward uh, when the players have successfully pitched the idea to all the townsfolk for them to start buying these shoes? They get a special edition 
of the shoes for each of them. Oh, okay. That comes with coins included. A limited edition select minted coin. Yes. Ooh. Okay, because they were the ones that went out and did the hard work of marketing them and stuff. They will have um, ability increases, so they are very special. There's oh, a whole so are they series, magic a whole coins? line. They well. Whoa, 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 they're, okay. They're, they're folios coins. Okay. <laughs> there's a whole. They're rocks shoes. There. Yeah. Well. Okay. There's a whole series of coins that help increase different abilities. You know, for varying price points okay with varying degrees of levels and as a reward they get this and i imagine the shoes have some kind of similar balancing capability but maybe something you don't really know about because they're evil uh the shoes are um i can feel the answer on the tip of your tongue i can see the evil impish smile curling up on the sides of your mouth you want to say the shoes are cursed they are cursed (laughs) <laughs> you don't know it unless you try to take them off and you're Ooh. like i can't take these shoes off yeah you can't take them off <laughs> you have to roll a saving throw every time you try to take them off yes Ooh. okay nice they make you susceptible to command the command spell yes Ooh. i think that's what all of the shoes will do but you don't know oh, that oh interesting okay that's very cool but the player characters don't realize this they think they're just getting Free shoes. Some awesome looking shoes with some boosting abilities. And when the coin is combined with the shoe, it increases whatever the ability increase was plus one. Sounds fair. Yeah. Okay, so if you had like one of these specially minted coins that was like a plus one to strength, with being put into the loafers, they would then become a plus two to their strength. For as long as yes. the shoes remain on. Yes. But the trade-off is, is that the loafers are cursed. They make you more susceptible to the command magic spell. And you have to roll a saving throw every time you want to take off the shoes. Yes. It's a very interesting sort of trade-off if a character, know, like, they figure out, like, these loafers are cursed. But, you know... Not that cursed. Yeah. It's like a very minor inconvenience curse. So is does it sound like the patron then uh, might be more of like a fey creature that just decided to resurrect this particular warlock to carry on with the mischief making, as it were? Yes, I think so. So an evilish sort of fey, but like on that trickster, prankster sort of thing, not like, haha, I want to dominate the world, but I need to sow chaos and revelry and stuff. That sounds right. All right, we've considered uh, what the success is for completing this mission. What's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call? If you fail and we don't sell them, then we're going to donate them to a charity of your enemy. So we're going to go equip your enemy so you can have the shoes or your enemy can have the shoes. There's a troop of baddies outside of town, whatever your preferred baddie is, and... We've also contacted them to get this going, and they're gung-ho for it, but we're hoping for somebody more clean-faced to market our penny loafers, so if you won't do it, they will. And just for a point of clarity, so I understand, so obviously this other group, they'll market the shoes, and then they get them with the limited Magic Edition coins in the loafers as well, so they're abilities get boosted but for any general peasant or townsfolk they're just buying the loafers they don't come preloaded with the coins they just have to get their own coins and stick them in there as far as uh, utility and fashion statements are concerned yeah they're very nice shoes i mean they can pay extra for the special magic stuff right but a typical peasant or townsfolk is probably i'm guessing not rich enough to be able to afford these coins 
Right. But they are definitely cursed still. The shoes. That's how the local government keeps people in control. With keeping things at their different price points. No, no, it, with the, the shoes, right, they're more susceptible to control. Does Folio know about the susceptibility with the shoes? No, Folio is looking at this as an opportunity for being able to sell. Because, right, the regular coins that Folio mints are for the people, for the, the government. For the economic structure. Exactly. Where Folio really makes money is these special edition mints with um, you know special abilities. And he's hoping that this will help increase that market share so adventurers are then more likely to buy the shoes to then buy the specially minted magic coins from folio's organization yes maybe you need to stick the coin into the shoe for the magic to work Nah, i think that's too complicated okay you just have to have the coin on your person but there's a very simple synergy maybe the shoes make it more effective or something like that yeah I think that's what we were discussing earlier. Like the coin, maybe you get a plus one to strength, but if you put it actually in the shoe, it becomes a plus two to strength instead of a plus one. That sounds right. fair. So without further ado, let's head into a random encounter. All right. So this random encounter is brought to you by my second sponsor, Reaper Miniatures. You know them. You love them. They're here in Denton, Texas. Uh, since 1994, they make awesome paints and miniatures and gaming accessories. They've got a wonderful warehouse and staff. They're super nice. I know with things slowly opening up, when you get the opportunity to visit them in person, you can contact them ahead of time to get a tour. It's what my wife and I did, MLK 2020. And uh, that's how we each got some uh, giant cave spiders with seven legs instead of eight legs. And uh, you get fun stuff like that on the tour so you should definitely check them out for that but we the podcast and reaper miniatures have an affiliate relationship going i know at the time of this recording i've got a 50 dollar gift card from that relationship so thank you reaper miniatures definitely looking forward to spending at least 40 dollars on my purchase this month and seeing what the unique miniature of the month is going to be. So if you go to my website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, there's an affiliate link to Reaper Miniatures with my affiliate tracking code thingamabob. Uh, If you do that, that helps to track the traffic between Reaper and Sidekicks and Sidequests so we can continue to develop that relationship. Again, check them out. We love them. Reaper Miniatures, they're awesome. So thank you. So now coming into our random encounter section of the show, this is obviously the part where we get to role play. And since y'all are veterans of this, I'm kind of curious what kind of scene you would like to present and maybe perhaps who would be the person to play off in the scene. Of course, at this point in the show, we've got Duncan, who's the chaotic, good, plucky adventurer. We have Sonya, the warrior woman, and then uh, Korak, who's like this lawful, evil, arcane, trickster, dwarf character I've come up with. So there's those three dedicated NPCs that I've made up that we could use, or I could just be a random townsfolk, or I could be someone completely new. What do you think? What if we dust off our old campaign... And uh, we try to convince Randolph. Was he the yeah the tavern keeper at the uh, levitating le- platter. levitating platter? Yeah, would that be apt? Or so your characters are trying to convince Randolph, who already has his own business, to start selling these shoes. Yeah, at, at the tavern, right? Yeah, for for travelers. 
Hmm. We're going to come up to him in his tavern with our shoes. If it's apt. If not, we can do a different scenario. Hmm. It's tempting, but I certainly don't want anything to happen to Randolph. Uh, and especially if I make it canon in your guys' game, and then uh, there's all sorts of other problems that you'll have to be dealing with later on when you sure. come back to Ulchester. But plot hooks. But plot hooks. If your heart's set on it, I'll roll with it if that's what you want to do. Otherwise, you know, I'm happy to deploy another NPC or... The other option would be one of your adventure NPCs comes into my shoe shop and we're there discussing the deal, discussing our deal. And they're just looking for shoes. And we're like, hey, we got these shoes and you can get them for free if you do this thing for us. Hmm. That sounds a little bit more in line. Okay. Let's go down that. Now, the question is, is it going to be Duncan? Is it going to be Sonia or is it going to be Korak? I don't care. Probably not Korag, because it seems like he's got some evil intentions already. Yeah. And might be able to detect or sniff out what's going on here. Who would be the most gullible? Duncan. All right. Let's bring in bring on the Duncan. So you come into our shop, you seeing all of these shoes lined up on the wall, a bunch of tools that are kind of nondescript. You can't really tell what they're for. All of the uh, shelving in there is made of a, a dark wood with kind of these small, almost inscription-looking details carved into it. Uh, overall, the shop seems kind of dark, but also kind of shiny. So Duncan will say, oh, my goodness, after that last adventure, having to get through the forest with the magical darkness and get the crystal to save the village, oh, I tell you what, my feet are tired, and I could use... A new pair of shoes. You encounter a strong smell of leather. And I guess I'm coming into a uh, conversation between Folio and Rock then. Do you see this slot? Put the coin in here. I have measured it exactly to the coin specifications you gave me. But it will enhance the ability even further? How is that possible? I have woven my own magic into these shoes. Do you doubt my abilities? I have seen many strange things from you, Rock. So you know I have the ability to enhance your powers. Perhaps a demonstration is needed. Would you put on the shoes? I'm still learning to trust you. Perhaps we can find someone else more adventurous to test this magical enhancing capabilities. I have made many of these shoes. We are ready for marketing. And Duncan will uh, slowly approach up to the conversation and be like, Magic shoes? What are you speaking of? Yes, do you see these shoes? Duncan will take a look at the shoes and observe them. Oh, they look, they look so simple, but yet they're magic? Yes, they are deceivingly powerful. You see how they, how they work is they take these coins. You might have heard of them. They're called Valkuta coins. And these coins, they based on proprietary technologies, um, maybe magic, will enhance a certain ability by, say, a certain percentage. Um, so if you want mm. to become faster or stronger, you can use these coins. And my associate... When you put the coin into the slot in the shoe, it mm. will enhance the ability further. Hmm, interesting. Well... 
you can see Duncan is uh, admiring a new wrist-mounted crossbow gun and kind of checking his equipment. He's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm certainly in the market for anything that's going to help me be an even more successful adventurer. So, and Duncan, you know, really takes a moment to study Rock because uh, he's kind of off-put a little bit by the undead nature of Rock. But at the same time, he sees this Vidalkin who seems to be cool with his appearance and he's like, calms down a little bit and he's like, so if I hear you, Master Cobbler, I need to simply market these shoes and then I could walk away with a pair of my own? These shoes are special and I would be willing to give them to someone who could help me with marketing. I am, as you can see, a little off-putting in my appearance. But I also know the best place in the forest to hunt deer, and so I have much stock in these other shoes. I need help selling them. They also have this slot that is perfect for my associate's coin. We call them penny loafers. Ah, penny loafers. Very interesting. And you, Master Mentor, do you concur with what the, the cobbler has said? I know many great things have come through what the cobbler has made and from what we've seen it seems to be helping us improve adventurers capabilities i stand behind what we've built here and hope that you would too to help us bring a little more perfection to the world all right duncan will take a quick second to think about it and really it's just him like pausing for a moment and then he just kind of automatically sticks his hands out and he says I can talk far and wide and can go anywhere in this town and sell these shoes for you, no problem. And as long as I can get a good pick of some of these proprietary magic technology coins, then I'd be happy to uh, share the wealth, as it were. We know that the best marketing is through word of mouth, so if you can sell ten pairs of our shoes, you will get your own pair of shoes for free. Does this sound right, my associate? Perhaps we should have him have a pair as part of a demonstration to help sell based on the effectiveness. Ah, yes. If you agree to this, we will give you a pair of shoes. We've heard of your travels before. We find you trustworthy. When you come back to us, you must tell us that you have sold the other pairs of shoes that we have given you, or you will owe us these shoes back. Of course, of course. Duncan is a very honorable individual, and so he would not just take the shoes and run. So he says, okay, well, I guess whatever coin you want to stick in the shoes, I don't know if it's different kinds or they have to both be the same kind, but whatever you want to put in, I'll put them on and I'll walk around town and... My associate, what coins do you have with you? Um, let's see. Hmm. I have a coin of strength, hmm. uh, which helps increase your ability to interact with heavy or forceful objects. I have a coin of speed, which will help you move faster. I have a coin of accuracy, which will help you. Um, I see you have this crossbow that you're looking at. Was it a crossbow? Yeah, what you see, it's like, it's a hand crossbow, but it's like an artificer's machination attached to his wrist, and you can see instead of a bolt in the slot, there's like a grappling hook that's attached to like this tightly coiled line, and so you can see Duncan has been excitedly looking at it, and just, like he's a kid waiting to play with his toy. Yes, and and that will help with your accuracy as you fight foes with your weapons. Which of these sounds most interesting to you, Duncan? 
Hmm. Uh, well, certainly accuracy is always good, and strength, I think, would be the best. Very well. Here are the coins. Please fit them with your shoes, cobbler. I do a little thing with my hands. You can't hardly see what I'm doing to fit them into the shoes. Do I need to do that again? Did you see what I did? Oh, oh no, I was able to see you. Yes, you, uh, you put the coins in the shoes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Here are the shoes. Perfect. Duncan will take off his very, very rugged uh, pair of leather boots, I imagine. And he slips them on and he's like, you know, he's, he's bunching up his toes, springing up and down. He's like, oh, they breathe. They're lightweight. And he can start to feel some of the magic coursing through him. I, I can take those old shoes for recycling. Oh, oh, OK. We're, we're very environmentally conscious in this shop. Of course. Duncan will like start he can see like his eyes get a little sharper and he feels like he's even a little bit stronger than he already was before and he's like all right well uh now that I have the shoes I will go ahead I will find 10 individuals to send to the shop to go ahead and buy their pairs of shoes this is excellent thank you for agreeing to this for us we we had some rather shady individuals that we were going to get to market for us but I am much happier to have a clean face to be the the face of our product and duncan will will leave and go off into the town and start exclaiming very loudly and uh showing off with his uh feats of strength and uh his shooting his crossbow grappling hook device around and zipping around the rooftops and stuff to convince people to start buying the shoes and scene okay so what'd you think of your uh, your little business venture there with those characters? It was really random, but <laughs> that was how we ended up with a very unique situation. I'm curious to see what happens to Duncan next. I know if he realizes that the shoes are cursed or not, or if he's willing to accept the trade-off as far as like, well, the likelihood of me getting affected by a command spell is probably very low. You know, he's probably that kind of naive as far as like, I'm a good adventurer. I'm strong of mental fortitude. I should be fine. That might be interesting for doing a cursed objects because it seems like or even if the character wouldn't know, the players seem to know out of character if a thing is cursed. And sometimes they just won't do it not in a role-playing way just because they don't want their character to be cursed. But when you make a trade-off like that, it might be worth it to them. But yeah, overall final thoughts as far as, uh, you know, getting back to the podcast after like over a year now at this point in doing this. But it's nice to be able to sit down and make up NPCs with y'all. Mm -hmm. It's certainly been fun and we're very happy for you and your little one and your wife. And we look forward to getting to hang out in person coming up hopefully soon. Like I do with all my guests, I like to leave the final bits, give y'all a platform. If there's anything that we should know about, I know we're not doing the Rosevale actual play podcast, shedding a tear for that, but that's mostly because I am so lazy and just don't want to. Though, though we do have the audio unedited, perhaps maybe a bonus episode for this podcast could be a good way to get that out if everyone's interested. If you want to use it, we have it. Yeah, so anything you want to plug or promote or share? Anything? Um, well, hopefully uh, everyone uh, is being safe and is enjoying this podcast. But uh, nothing major going on to plug, so I will plug... Um, I'll get. I'll give a free plug, so maybe they'll become one of your sponsors. But uh, Whataburger <laughs> would be an amazing sponsor for this podcast. I'm just saying. Awesome. 
Do you concur, Elizabeth? I concur. Now we have to have Whataburger for lunch. You made me hungry. <laughs> you also should have Whataburger for lunch, dear listener. Be sure to tweet at Whataburger and say that thanks to this podcast, you went out and purchased some Whataburger today. So awesome. Uh, well, thank you all so much for coming back on the show once again. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to have a regular rotation between new and old. And so it won't be too long before we're seeing y'all back on the show once again. Sounds good. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad we could get together. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!